0: Welcome back in Brady Farkas show right here on this Thursday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV radio.com week six of the NFL season is upon us a former Patriots quarterback playing tonight for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Philadelphia Eagles the current Patriots will be on the field on Sunday at Gillette Stadium, taking on the 4-1, and one, outscoring everybody in red-hot Dallas Cowboys, and joining us now is a guest I'm very, very excited to talk to. It's Danny White, a former quarterback for the Cowboys, led the Cowboys at one point to three consecutive NFC title games, also served as an NFL punter. I want to talk about that, and he's been a long-time Cowboys broadcaster and host of the Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, the, the resume has now taken up half of our interview time, so Danny, yeah. thanks for being with us, man. How are
1: you? I'm great, Brady. Good to be with you. Well, I appreciate
0: you being with me, and uh, I want to get to your career and some stories at the end, but let's start with this matchup coming up on Sunday. Dak Prescott missed most of the year last year. How good is he playing right now for this team?
1: Well, he's, he's in a zone, as we call it. You know, he's in the zone right now, and everything he does comes up. Positive. Um, you know, the one thing we didn't know about Dak, we, we knew physically he was, he was had all the talent, he just had to overcome that injury. And, and that's, that's the one big thing that mentally you never know about a, a player uh, in any position in any sport is mentally, emotionally, how do they come back after a bad injury? Um, And, of course, he's passed that test with flying colors. So now Dak checks all the boxes. All you have to do is put the right people around him. And the Cowboys have done that. Uh, They're playing lights out on defense. They're running the ball well. They're protecting him. The receivers are getting separation. All the things a quarterback needs to have to be successful, he's got. And the good thing about Dak is he's the kind of guy that realizes that and appreciates it. Um, and he's not a selfish guy. And that's what this team has right now is a bunch of guys, receivers, Zeke, um, that are not that are not selfish. They don't have to have, you know, they got three receivers in the top 40, but none in the top twenty. I mean, there's so there's three receivers bunched in there. And Amari Cooper is, you know, just he's happy to let the other guys get some catch some balls. And that's the kind of thing that's going to make Dak continue to be successful.
0: What should we as Patriots fans be most worried about with the Cowboys? There's a lot to be worried about. What yeah. should worry us most?
1: That, that's, that's it. The fact that there's a lot to be worried about. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Zeke and it's Tony Pollard. It's running the ball. It's throwing the ball. Their offense is just now their defenses. You know, they're not, they're not great. Um, but uh, they're playing with a lot of young guys. And that's that's what the defense has. And Defense is so much emotion that you get young guys that are out to prove something instead of older guys that have a big guaranteed contract and, and no reason to go play hard. And, and you've got a recipe there for success, and that's what the Cowboys are doing. Young guys, young, unproven guys on defense, um, veteran, unselfish guys on offense. And so Patriot fans you know, choose your poison, but it could be the running game. It could be the passing game. It could be defense. It could be a low scoring game. There could be weather up there. I don't know. Um, It could be a lot of things, but so far the Cowboys have passed all the tests.
0: The Cowboys are forcing a lot of turnovers defensively. We know about Diggs' interception streak. So obviously the cliche is the Pats need to not turn the ball over, and that's obviously um, something that's going to help them. But you mentioned the defense not being that great. If the Pats – can you know keep the ball themselves and not give it away what can they do to exploit that defense
1: well I would have said a couple of weeks ago you know throw the ball and exploit those cornerbacks but now now that Diggs has uh, exposed himself um, in a very very positive way um, you, you can't say that so you know, I uh, they've they've got to try to keep the Cowboys' offense off the field. I mean, it's an old cliche. It's a it's a principle of football that's been around forever. Is you know, you keep the scorers on the bench and you work the ball down the field, short passes, run the ball, and um, and that's hard to do against this defense. That's creating turnovers. That's the yeah. thing that stops long drives more than anything is turnovers and penalties. And so, if they can stay penalty free, keep the ball, uh, you know, hey, they have it. They have a chance. And Mac Jones is is going to continue to develop. I think he's a great young quarterback, and he's going to just keep getting better.
0: Does anything scare you about the Patriots? Be honest. Does anything scare you about this team going into this matchup?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no, they 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 really don't. I mean, it's not it's not the Patriots. Obviously, of a couple years ago um with those great receivers and Brady and they're they're in the process now building that so this is a this is a good time to play the Patriots no question about it
0: Danny White former Cowboys quarterback Cowboys broadcaster long time also now a host of the Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast Network all right on to your career you played in the 70s played in the 80s started a bunch of games at quarterback for some really successful Cowboys teams you also punted I mean, I know the game wasn't quite as specialized then, but how do you play quarterback and punt in the NFL at the same time?
1: Why? Why don't you? I mean, That's a I good mean, question. This is what this is what I put up with while I was punting. We can't have our starting quarterback also be back there as a punter. He might get hurt. Now, explain to me the logic in that when you when you're playing quarterback and you're dropping back thirty times a game with a bunch of wild eyed maniacs trying to get to you and hurt you and then you drop back three or four times and fifteen yards and punt the ball, where are you more likely to get hurt? Um so that that whole thing and I ran with it a lot out of punt formation. So I could understand maybe that being an issue, but it, it really wasn't. It was something I'd done all my life. In fact I was also a kicker, you know, in high school and and uh so I held for, for kicks. I punted. I didn't get paid to punt. Uh, that that's a, that was an ongoing argument between me and Gil Brandt. <laughs> I felt like I should get paid, and he finally had me go in and talk to Coach Landry, and Coach Landry just said, you know, back back when I played, we just did whatever we could to help the team win, and that was the end of that argument, you know, so anyway, punting was just something I'd done all my life. It was no big deal to drop back 15 yards and kick the ball. I was Upset because we didn't get a first down. <laughs> I just took it out on the ball.
0: How much time did you spend practicing punting at practice?
1: Well, not not a lot. Um, but I did. I punted every day in practice. And we're, we had punt team practice times. And then I'd stay out after practice or go out early and kick. You know, Back then, they didn't have restrictions on how much time you could spend on the field, how long practice could be, and all that kind of stuff like they do now. And so I, I could practice whenever I needed to practice.
0: You know, Bill Belichick is kind of the last of the old school coaches that are still around here, at least in the NFL, saving at the college game. But uh, Belichick's probably the last of the pro coaches. You mentioned Tom Landry, who you played for, one of the iconic figures in the NFL's history. What was it like to play for him and, uh, you know, one of the, the true old school guys?
1: Yeah, it was it was great. It was a perfect match, perfect fit. I'm an old school guy. He's an old school guy um and he was just a consummate football coach worker slash he was not the the media contact with the team like like they are today today head coaches basically manage the media and the locker room and uh, make a few decisions there are a few in the league that still call plays but not very many there's too much else that a head coach has to do and He's more of a team manager than he is an actual coach, and uh, so it was a good time. The only the only thing I regret about playing when I did is the money. Yeah, <laughs> it's my mom's fault. If she'd have waited twenty or thirty years to have me, <laughs> I'd be uh, making more money in one game, a la Dak Prescott, than I made in my whole career.
0: You should have just stuck with baseball, didn't you? Play baseball in college or go to be- go to Arizona State to play baseball.
1: I was on a baseball scholarship at Arizona state and had several offers had actually four offers from major league teams to, to play baseball out of college. But, uh, there's a little bit of a difference between standing out in center field, waiting for someone to hit you a ball and playing quarterback on a, on a major college football team and in, in front of a hundred thousand fans or whatever. Um, yeah, it didn't take me very long to choose football over baseball. I only played one year of football in high school, so wow. I was not a proven football player when I went to Arizona State, but Frank Cush got that out of me.
0: You know, when I think of the Cowboys, I'm I'm 31 years old. When I think of the Cowboys becoming America's team, I think of the 1990s and Aikman and Irvin and Emmitt Smith and those multiple Super Bowls in the 90s. But the, the Cowboys teams that you played on, multiple NFC title games on the heels of Roger Staubach's career, were the Cowboys – America's team back when you played too. And I'm just not, you know, not old enough to have appreciated it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when it started, was actually in the late 70s with Roger. We, we won the Super Bowl in 77. Se- actually, the game was played in 78. Um, and then went again the next year and lost and then went to those three championship games in the early 80s. But the end of the 70s is really when, uh, when the when uh, Tech Sram actually came up with the term America's team mm. and uh yeah, so we had to live with that and that's that is a curse for the players. Let me tell you, it's on every bulletin board of every team that they ever play all week long, and um, every team in the league l- plays just a little bit harder when they play America's team
0: when you were playing you. I think of the Raiders and the Steelers being the biggest teams. Am I right in that? I mean, did you feel like you three were the class of the NFL, the kings of the NFL?
1: Well, they were, we were all the most publicized. Uh, Exposure-wise, yes. Uh, you know, the Packers were probably in there. And there, there, were, there were a few teams that got more publicity. You know, back in the day when you played regional football, the Cowboys were the only team, like here in Phoenix, where I am, Cowboys were the only team you could watch on Sunday. Um, and so the Cowboys early on got all that exposure. Tex Ram came along got the Thanksgiving Day game and got some of these Monday night games and and that just continued to build the 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 brand of the Dallas Cowboys which the owners loved. The value skyrocketed. Um, but it did not help on the field. I hmm. can tell you that because we did Uh, We had a target on our special little target on our backs, wherever we went.
0: Danny White with us here on the Brady Farkas show on WDEV. We're getting ready for week six, Patriots and Cowboys. And Danny's a former Cowboys quarterback, longtime Cowboys broadcaster, now hosts a Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You know, we talk about Mac Jones, you know, with a year of Cam Newton in between, but Mac Jones having to follow Tom Brady here in New England. You had to follow Roger Staubach. How did you do it? Was there pressure attached to it? What was it like?
1: You keep your cool in the press conferences. When everybody asks you, what's it like to follow a legend? Um, (laughs) And and you get kind of tired of answering that question over and over, especially when it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's not going to affect the way you play. It it didn't affect the way I played. I didn't go out there trying to be Roger Staubach. I was was myself. And and the best thing that, that he can do is to just go out and be himself and just just not try to be Tom Brady, but just keep his cool. Don't let it frustrate him or um, get to him when over and over and over again he has to answer that question.
0: Three straight NFC title games for you as a starter, a bunch of success, multiple playoff appearances aside from the three title games. But because you came after Staubach and before Aikman, do you feel underappreciated as a player for all your accomplishments?
1: I you know, that there's another one. <laughs> there's another <laughs> one of those questions. Um, that's not something that I can determine. Um, the fans, the media, I guess, can can have an opinion, and that's all it is. Is an opinion on whether you're underappreciated or overappreciated or not. I I had a lot of success. Um, I had a my my best year was 1986 was which was really my last year when uh, we were rolling with Herschel Walker and Tony Dorsett and breaking all the offensive records in the league and in the eighth game I broke my wrist against the Giants and that was that was that it was over that quickly um so I don't have any regrets uh, I I left everything on the field and as a as a player you know Brady, as a player, all you can ask for is to is to go out knowing that you left it all on the field, that you did as much as you could have done. Um, the results are up to the football gods to a great extent. Injuries uh, play into that. The team around you, things that you don't control. All you can control is your effort and and. Uh, I sleep very well at night, knowing that I gave it hundred percent, and uh, um, thrilled with the career that a skinny little baseball player from Mesa, Arizona, had a chance to uh, to participate in.
0: Well, speaking of baseball, you know, because I know you're going to root for the Cowboys over the Patriots, but. Texas and New England uh, confer again on the baseball diamond this weekend. I hope maybe being a Dallas guy, you hate Houston like I hate Houston up here. So root for the Red Sox over the Astros, at least for us. If you're not, you know, if you're going to root for the Cowboys, at least root for the Red Sox this weekend. You
1: got it. Houston is a different world. (laughs) I hope all the fans understand this. Houston is not Texas, Houston is its own little country down there and and, uh, operates very differently. From North Texas.
0: So, well, all right. So we got Danny White to root for the Red Sox this weekend. We'd only be rooting for the Cowboys otherwise. This was a lot of fun. We really appreciate it. Check out the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, we'll enjoy the game. And best of luck to you down the road. We'd love to talk to you again.
1: All right, Brady. You bet. Anytime.